imagination, do they? I'm sorry. I would I would have changed, but you wore those to work. Yeah, and they don't mind. No, they're like I hope you wear those gray jeans again. <laughs> and then they like drop a spoon on the floor and like, hey, can you get that for me? And, like smacking. Mm. Uh, listeners can't see it, but uh, uh, Ryan's got some very uh, we'll call them religious trousers on. <laughs> oh, like you don't have huge holes in your pajama pants those aren't pajamas those are are jeans they're denim do you sleep in denim no i'm just saying you have pant clothing that you wear below your waist that has holes in it as well i I, no one's disputing that it's just I thought you changed into those jeans when you got home. No, these are what I wore. Wow, okay. Today. today. Just uh, fast and loose at the old shop there. Oh, yeah. They're, is, they is, encourage it. Is it because if like, your arms are full, you can just kind of like, throw them down like, the holes in your no, pants? No, it's because and... everything I wear there gets covered in wax, so <laughs> I wear my shittiest clothes there. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, also, I'm trying to catch the eye of a certain co-worker. <laughs> Welcome to X-Rated Movies! I'm one half of your hosting team, Matthew Fisher. I'm the other half of your hosting team, Ryan Whedon. And... Ho, 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 Matt! It's Christmas time! It is Christmas time. Just the sounds of snow falling warms the cockles of my heart. Ding dong, ding dong, ding dong, ding dong. Anyway, it's December. It is, so... You have a little announcement that you wanted to make, I I believe. I do have an announcement I want to make. So, uh, right now, as it is this Christmas holiday season, I don't mean to be Christmas centric. It's not, but I also don't want to say I'm having a war on Christmas. All holidays matter. Exactly. Oh God. Uh, a lot of people depend on uh, the holidays. Performers depend on the holidays to, uh, you know, they're going to get that big uh, holiday money from like a show that they're putting on because everybody has a, a holiday show. Lots okay. of performers do. Yeah. And. Uh, no one's doing that this year because of COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, spoiler alert! Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of people are turning to the internet, and they're gonna they like produce something and then put it on there. And two people that we both know and love did that uh, by the name of Jinx Monsoon and Ben De La Creme. Mm-hmm. They have a holiday special that they usually tour, um, but they can't do that this year, so they made it into a streamable uh, movie. And I wouldn't normally be plugging something like this, but I have a personal interest in it. <laughs> I'm in the movie. Yay! Now remind me, do you get residuals? Uh, no. <laughs> but I want it to be successful, so. So, when I go onto YouTube to watch this and leave a comment, I'm be like, more of that keyboard player. <laughs> yeah, keep your eyes peeled. So, check it out. It's on their, their website. I think it's jinxandela.com. Oh, shit, I should know this. Well, I think it was on Vimeo, wasn't it? Uh, it, it's available through their website. Okay, whatever that is. But yeah, the the trailer is on Vimeo right now. Oh, okay. So I don't know how it's available, but you know, you know how the internet works. You can figure it <laughs> yeah. out. Uh, but yeah, during the song "Passive Aggressive Christmas," if you look in the background at that keyboard player, you might recognize someone. That that red isn't just the Christmas hat. It's yeah. the uh, it's the the shock of red hair from one uh, Ryan Whedon. <laughs> I'm actually wearing a wig. So. 
And while I'm promoting things, uh, Scott Shoemaker and Freddie Mullins, you might remember them. They have yeah. a Christmas show that they are not able to do this year uh, called Scott Shoemaker's War on Christmas. That's also streaming, available streaming now. So they they used to perform this live, right? Right, yep. And are they just producing it in their home? Because I see all these like photos on Facebook and things of like them in front of green screens. Yeah, they have a green screen, I think, in their house. It looks huge. <laughs> it looks like it takes up like an entire room. I mean, maybe it does. Maybe they have another room. I wonder what their household situation is like because they're so fun and yeah. funny. Yeah. And like, I just imagine it like two Shelly Longs in one room. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if they had like one of those like spiral slides into a ball pit somewhere yeah, in their exactly. house you know yeah like i just imagine it's sort of a a, a cornucopia of kitsch and just sort of a, a camp and just yeah. weird 80s holdover aesthetic stuff framed uh california fruit crate yeah uh, exactly <laughs> Uh, nice. like, like if I were to spend the night there, I would just hear murmurs of, you were dead! You were dead! <laughs> you were dead! But, you know, we can speculate on what their house is like all we want. What I want to speculate on is what your new place oh, looks like. Oh, boy. Yes, I did, in fact, move to a lovely new place. It's a big upgrade for me. I was very excited. Still am. Not was. Am. But moves are... You said that in a way where you're like, no, I am. I am. I am. <laughs> Moving is always stressful, and I wanted to embrace the cleanse of the moving process this time around. Okay. I've been living at my current place where we recorded like 175 episodes of this podcast. Uh, a lot of memories in, in, in that apartment. It was a very important chapter in my life. Mm-hmm. It was a post-breakup apartment. It was also like I'd just gotten out of school. Like I'd, I'd gotten my, my uh, associates in accounting and needed to get a job. So it was like a whole bunch of changes all at once. And like this was the apartment that like gave me the the security to embrace this new chapter in my life. So leaving this one behind was a little tough because okay. I was like this was where I became like an adult apartment mm-hmm. a little bit. But I was like, you know what? I feel like I need to free up this space for someone who, who is in my – the position that I was four years ago. I want to free up this space for someone who's in that position now. Okay. Uh, I was like, I, I, I feel like I've kind of outgrown this apartment a little bit. It was good for what I needed at the time. It was affordable. It was where I wanted it to be, and it was just mine. I didn't have to share it with anyone. Was there a moment where the, the, the landlord brought by somebody to look at the place, and you're, like, leaving as they're bringing <laughs> them in, and, you're, and it's like some, some kid that looks like you four years ago – and you're like, you're going to do all right. <laughs> You'll be okay, kid. <laughs> so I took the day off of work Friday, spent roughly 12 hours packing, left only the essentials. Like It was like TV, modem was out, and I left an, the stuff on my bed so I could sleep that night. Okay. So movers come. They're even a little bit early. They start coming in, and I had everything in one corner of my living room. So they load up like one like flatbed dolly. Mm-hmm. They get it. They get it all loaded up tall. The mover says your boxes are too heavy. Like we can't do this. What? And I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, these boxes they're, they're just too heavy. And I was like, so what does that mean? He goes, yeah, we're 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 not going to do the job. What? So they put the boxes back. And they leave. What? Yeah. Oh, no. They left. Oh, no. And I lost it. 
I was like, yeah, the boxes are heavy. That's why I hired movers. The boxes in question were not even that big or heavy. I was like, yeah, they're heavy, like, but I move them from one room to another. I st- stack them up myself. You have tools for this. Yeah. And the boxes are from UPS. They say medium on them. They're not even like the biggest boxes available. That's and weird. I was like, that's a thing you say. I didn't like sneak like a baby grand piano into one of these boxes. <laughs> it's a box. And yeah, it's full of like books, like coffee table books. Like the, I know that those get heavy, but they're oversized books. Like yeah. they don't fit into smaller boxes. And I called up the boss and I don't think I've ever reamed someone out so hard in my life. I was like, this is a joke. You should be ashamed of yourself to let these people represent your business. I'm not going to just take this to Yelp. I'm going to get flyers made. I'm going to pass these out. I'm going to staple these to telephone poles. The streets are going to be littered with bad press for you and your business. Oh, like, no. I was furious. And, like, the guy was like, no, no, no we'll give you a discount. We'll, we'll get the team back. Like, we'll make it right. We'll, we'll get you moved today. And I was like, you better, because I'm calling the competition right now. And if someone else gets back to me before you do, I'm going to just come at you with every bad piece of press that I can possibly think of and you're going to lose the the job. And so like, I'm calling every mover in the city and nobody's got anything day of. Oh no. Yeah. One place I called, I was like, yeah, my movers quit on me because they said my boxes were too heavy. And he just started laughing and (laughs) laughing. And he's like, for real? I'm like, yeah, the boxes were too heavy for them. And he's like, I've never heard of that happening before. So the original moving company calls me back. He's like, okay, they're coming back. They should be there in like 20 minutes. And I was like, the same movers? The ones that quit on me and I yelled at them? <laughs> this will be awkward. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, I don't know about this. Like, this is going to be the most awkward thing now. Like, I'm going to yeah. have to spend like four to six hours with these people that I just yelled at for being unprofessional. Oh, man. So they came back and like there was like 20 minutes between that phone call and them being back and I was just like like my anxiety was through the roof. Yeah, I'll bet. I was like I need some peace of mind. Like the boss said that he was going to give me 15% off for the whole move. Okay. I'm like, yeah, okay. I'd rather not have the discount and just the move go smoothly. Yeah. So like when the guys like the movers came, I went out and I'm like pull yourself together. And make good, because this is just the hand that you've been dealt, yeah. and you got to make it work. Yeah. So I went out, and I was like, okay, I think we got off on the wrong foot. If we can do this job, and we can do it well, and we can do it in a timely manner, everything shows up at my place, unbroken, and I'm happy, I will put whatever I'm being discounted onto your tip. Uh-huh. Because I needed some sort of peace of mind. I needed a carrot to dangle, to give me some insurance yeah that the job would get done okay and like i could tell that they weren't happy about it but they're like okay that sounds good and once the move was in motion they were great they got it done quick and they got it done well they weren't lagging or anything like that but i'm like sitting in my room because i'm like i'm not gonna help them move like oh no yeah you shouldn't you're paying them yeah but i'm like this is giving me anxiety just watching them pack my whole life onto a flatbed dolly 
and then like move it around a pool and navigate it like through the back parking lot between cars and then load it up into this van. Like, and I, I think I tweeted, I was like, watching movers is making me anxious. Please give me <laughs> something else to do. Uh-huh. It was just like four and a half hours of just my anxiety level, probably like the highest it's ever been. Oh no. But they did get everything. Once we were at my new building, it got better. I had called ahead the week before. I was like, I need to reserve your loading elevator. And, you know, the movers are, were supposed to come to my place at one. You know, there was obviously a holdup. <laughs> yada, yada, something <laughs> happened. <laughs> uh, so I, I called that day and I was like, I need to move the reservation. There's been a hang up with the movers. Can I move the, the reservation from three to five, from five to seven? And they're like, yeah, no problem. So we get there. It's like 520 and the loading dock is full. Like, there's already two trucks in there. Oh, no. Moving, so we can't get the truck into, like, the loading zone. Um, so I go up. I'm like, you guys just hold tight. I'm going to go talk to the building manager. And I go in, and I'm like, yeah, I reserved the loading dock, and now there's people in it. And they're like, oh, boy, yeah, I don't know what happened. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I made a reservation, and you didn't keep it. Yeah. I went, like, full Seinfeld. I was like... You took the reservation, but anyone can take it. <laughs> it's the keeping the reservation that's really the fundamental important part of a reservation. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I was just like, are you going to tell them to leave? You guys got security on staff? Like, can someone ask one of the trucks to leave so we can move mine in? Luckily, one of the trucks was just moving like one big piece of furniture. So they only needed it for like 10 minutes. Okay. So they got in. Then there's like, I, you know, I, I do a lot of work from home. I got a side hustle that requires the internet. I had called on Friday to Comcast. I was like, this is my new place. And they're like, oh, we don't service that building. We can't switch over. What? Yeah. They're like, no, it looks like they have a contract with Wave. Only Wave services that building. So I'm like, okay, I need to cancel this. This was on Friday. Call up Wave. And I was like, I need internet working like immediately this is the address, this is the unit, what's the soonest it can be up? And they're like, oh, we can get it up and running remotely. And I was like, okay, this is my device. It's a router modem combo. Will it work in the new in this unit? And they're like, yes, that oh, should work just fine. Okay, good. <laughs> so I was like, no, you're going to say no. <laughs> I wouldn't care if they said no. If they said no, I would have planned accordingly and, and like figured out what would have worked. Uh-huh. But they said yes. So, of course, like... Get in, pull out the modem, plug it in, doesn't work. I call them up, and they're like, yeah, it looks like it should be working. And I was like, I don't know what to, we're going to have to send a technician out there. And I was like, when can a technician get out there? Like, well, they might have time Wednesday at 4 p.m. What? Between like 4 p.m. and 7 p.m. or something is what they said. I was like, oh, my God. That'll and they're like, but, work. you know, it might get bumped to Friday because Thursday's a holiday or something. So, like, I'm, like, losing my mind at this. Next day goes by. It's now Sunday. I got no internet, but I am moved. But I'm still like just seething with anxiety and rage after uh, of the whole process. I go to Target because I want to get my kitchen up and running. Like that's the most important thing that I feel I need to get up and running first. Uh-huh. And like as I'm leaving, I get a call from Wave, and I answer it, and it like gets disconnected, and I call them back. And it just is like, oh, our wait time is going to be 30 to 40 minutes or something. I'm like, okay. You guys literally just called me. Go to Target, get my knickknacks, 
come back. I'm like up coming up the elevator and wave calls me back. And they're like, so you're using a gateway. Is that correct? And I was like, I don't know what a gateway is. They're like, it's a router modem combo. I'm like, yeah. And they're like, yeah, that won't work here. And I'm like, I was just a target. I could have gone to the electronics department and found something that will work. What will work? They're like, you just need a router. The the combo thing won't work. And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> Why wasn't someone there when I called you guys, like, twice earlier today, once yesterday? I was like, I also specifically asked the person, will this device work? And they said, yes. I had, like, the make and model. I was, like, reading off the box exactly what it was. So then I had to go back to Target in the rain get a router and then all was right with the world i'm sorry you went through that it's okay i'm I'm sure i'm stronger now that i've made it on the other side Mrs. Lincoln, I think the play was okay. Okay, good, yeah. <laughs> if I could cut off that first 90 minutes, I'd say it was fine. Like, yeah. the, the, the move went as smooth as could be. Yeah. But that first 90 minutes was a waking nightmare. Well, that first 90 minutes of your move may have been a ninety uh, waking nightmare, but do you know what is 90 minutes that's not a waking nightmare? <laughs> no, Ryan, what is? Today's <laughs> movie! <laughs> Which is? Well, Tangerine, of course. Our first entry in uh, uh, Christmas our way, Christmas in December. Yeah, our uh, our very special alternative style Christmas. And um, this should be a new Christmas movie as far as I'm concerned. Well, okay. If, if we're going to start out on the Christmassiness of this, let's do it. Is this really a Christmas movie? Well, you know what? Let's put a pin in it, and we'll come back to it, because okay, okay. I will make the argument that it is a Christmas movie. Okay, I'm, I'm going to kind of make the argument that it's not. That's fine. So get your get your knives sharpened. Oh, yeah, my guns are ready. <laughs> you say your guts are ready? Guns. Oh. And my guts. I'm going to shit all over your argument, Matt. <laughs> get ready to be shat upon. <laughs> I think you're going to be like, get ready to get up in these guts, because <laughs> they can take whatever your argument has to offer. Mm-hmm. So, this movie made a splash about five years ago because it was uh, filmed only on iPhone 5s. I mean, he did get... iPhones 5. <laughs> yeah, iPhones 5, yeah. Mm-hmm. He did get, like, a special lens. Right. And he got Sean Baker, the director, writer-director, I should mm-hmm, say, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and a, a specific an $8 app. And so it wasn't like he just used, like, the camera app on an iPhone. Like, sure. He upgraded a little bit, and he had, like... There's some special, color correction and some like special that. mounts. Yeah. Uh, oh, that, yeah. That, that he got like motion smoothing mounts and things like that. So it, it wasn't just him with a the standard factory iPhone doing it. Yeah. Like it was, he, he he tricked it out a little bit. Yeah. Also because its uh, main characters are trans uh, trans people of color. I should say. We'll just say that. Yeah. So I follow Sean Baker on Letterboxd. Right. You mentioned that two weeks ago. And he he doesn't do star ratings. He just kind of logs things, puts his thoughts down. Sometimes he'll say whether he liked it or not. They're always sort of interesting just because they're like a little bit of an enigma. Okay. But he's really sensitive to cinematography. Okay. Like he's always talking about that with 
movies, basically. Like, if he does have something to say, it's usually about how it was shot. Okay. And he'll often put, like, in his reviews, like, exactly what type of camera and what type of lens a movie was shot on. Okay, that's very interesting. Uh, I was like, I don't know where he gets this information, but, like, he even has in, like, his letterbox bio that like he he uses this mostly for record keeping not for anything else so it's like he'll put like watched on blu-ray uh rented from netflix and it was shot on this camera with this lens you know digital or film and and, like puts it you know all like that and he's just uh he's very sensitive to cinematography i found okay you could tell while watching this i feel like while that's an interesting fact that he used iPhones five for this. <laughs> I I kind of don't care to be honest. Like it, that's yeah, like, that's what like a, the least what interesting neat part thing. about the movie. Yeah, like I I just I feel like that was the biggest that and the fact that it starred trans people of color were like the two things I knew about this movie. Mm-hmm. And what kept me from watching I the, I only saw this movie for the first time this year. And oh. what kept me from watching this movie for so long was that it felt like oh that sounds like a very serious like indie drama like i'm not i'm not in the mood for that but you'd think it's super funny it is super funny the like the the thing is like if i encountered these people IRL uh-huh. like if i was at donut time and like shit started breaking out i'd be like let's get out of here <laughs> cuz i'm like this is too much drama uh-huh. mary j blige style <laughs> but watching it in a movie and it's weird cuz he's just a John Baker's just a cis hetero white dude. Yeah. And I, I like even though he wrote it, I feel like it must have been like a loose script. Yeah, I wonder about that too. Uh, There's I, I some just, like improvised parts for I sure. I just have trouble thinking that like he took like pen to paper <laughs> and was like, Yeah, she's a real fish, bitch. Yeah, wrote bitch but, that many times. Yeah. <laughs> and like got the slang right. I just kind of feel like his breath smells like he's been eating ass for days. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've got it. <laughs> I, yeah, I just kind of feel like it feels, in a lot of ways, sort of like an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm, just starring okay. trans people of color. Sure. Where they do a, a retro scripting. Right. Where they'll have an outline, like, this scene needs to get from here to here, but how we get there, that's up to the players. And I kind of feel like that's what was going on here. Like, maybe he knew these people, and, like, I don't know how he came across the, the two leads. I don't either. It feels collaborative for sure. I did read that the two leads were friends beforehand, so they had an existing relationship. You get that vibe too. Yeah. And so I kind of feel like you just need to say like, this is what needs to happen in the scene. How it happens is up to you two. Yeah. That's how it really feels for a lot of the scenes. Yeah. Maybe even like hands them each notes with like, here's the thing you're hiding in this scene. Here's the thing you're hiding. Now, like what you're going to talk about is this and go. Yeah. Yeah. It's got that vibe to it, but it's like, I can hate that sometimes, that feel, but in this movie, there's something about the way, and I, I, I'm going to give a lot of credit to the direction, there's something about the, the quick quickness of it, and like how it's shot, that like while I can still see some of that like behind the scenes stuff going on, I don't care. I'm so like engrossed in just like what is happening right now yeah. on screen. Oh, absolutely. Like... The characters themselves are so lively and animated. Yeah, that they're they just they have screen presence. Like you just look at them. Oh yeah. 
and then the way that they talk to one another is so naturalistic. It's it is like watching just two people have a conversation. Girl, wait, wait, wait! I cannot do this. I cannot do this. It's too much drama. You guys just come out here, give me all this information, and have me go handle it by myself. You don't want to tell me anyway. Okay, 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 okay. I will go with you under one condition. You must promise me that there's not going to be any drama. Because as soon as there's some drama, I'm out of there. I promise. I promise. Look at me in my eyes and promise. I promise no drama, Alexandra. Honestly, while watching this, I was like, I feel like this is our generation's taxi driver. <laughs> because, okay. like, ta- taxi driver, like, I, whenever I watch it, I'm like, this movie's sort of shocking because it's about people swept under the rug. Like, these are the people that, that society likes to ignore and, like, pretend is not a thing. Right. And this is exactly that. It's just... This is sort of the comedic side of that, but there's a taxi driver in this, and there's That's right. a prostitute in this, and right. a pimp in this, just like Taxi Driver. Good point, good point. And I'm like, this is just sort of the comedic side of that. The uh, But the, on that point, there was multiple times while watching, I was like, this is their lives. Oh, yeah. Like, this is how they live. <sighs> At oh. one point, Cinderella <laughs> was like, I gotta go home. And I was like, where? Yeah. Aren't you homeless? We don't like, it doesn't see seem it. like anybody has a home in this. We don't see it. We don't We don't know. There's those uh, people living in that hotel. Well, yeah. That, uh, that's what I was thinking. I was like, is she going to, like, a group home situation? Like, I don't know. It's no. just like, this is, like, and the, the... One of them just got out of jail. So. Yes. C- Cinderella just got out of jail. Yeah. Uh, I, don't, I didn't write their names down, so... Uh, Cinderella and Alexandra. Okay, yeah. So yeah, Cinderella just got out of jail. She's in there for a month, which under, I, like, I think four it was weeks. like yeah. She said twenty eight days. So yeah, which I'm weeks. like, that's like a rehab jail thing. So, but it was. It also comes out later that she was caught holding for Chester, right? And so she, it, it was probably like supposed to be like a detox sort of jail situation. Okay, sure, that sounds fine. But yeah, it starts off on Christmas Eve. That's the day she gets out of jail, and she's celebrating by buying a donut uh, with her friend. Merry Christmas Eve, bitch. It comes out in their conversation while they're hanging out that uh, Chester cheated on her mm. while she was in prison. <laughs> ah. And so, you know, Cinderella's like, okay, well, time to I yeah. gotta find Chester. Th- this is such simple filmmaking. I know. Like... 50 minutes out of this, you know, 100-minute movie is just her trying to find Chester. Yeah. She's literally just going from point A to point B, and it's just the in-between that makes this movie so colorful. See, okay, I was thinking, um, did you see that uh, A24 movie with Rooney Mara, uh, I think Ghost Story, is that what it's called? I did, A couple years ago. So that movie is 90 minutes, and I want it to be about 45 to an hour <laughs> well you gotta remember 45 minutes is Rooney Mara eating a fucking exactly pie. exactly that's my point is like you could cut a lot of that movie and like it wouldn't be a 90 minute run length and mm-hmm. I think that's okay like I think some things shouldn't be 90 minutes like some things could be 45 60 whatever this film I feel like there's some padding too but I like the padding like we get so our intro to the cab driver. Well, f- well, first, for example, like you're saying with Cinderella, like going around, like she has to get from here to here, and then fr- and that person tells her to go from here to here, and so like you can just add those ad nauseum as you need to pad that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then like our cab driver, the same thing. Like Act One, as he's we're getting introduced to him, it's just him driving around on Christmas Eve, driving a various bunch of people. And did you recognize the the old guy? 
The one that was sort of like leaning over. Who might a have little been bit. having a heart attack. Cherokee Indian name for Redbird is Mia Mia. So she she called me Mia. <laughs> yeah, but I think that's a girl's name, it's not. That was Clue Gallagher, aka Bert from Return of the Living Dead. No. Yeah. Yeah. Who well, thought he was still alive? I've got a fun little cast thing for you, which I'm going to come to in just a second. Okay. But, you know, you could just, like, fill out all those cab uh, cameos all you want sure. until, like, you, you need it. And they were pretty fun. I liked, uh, I liked the, like, tweak. You like the dog dying one? I mean, that one's the first one, and, of course, I did. Alfie's a very well-behaved dog, huh? It's so quiet. It, it's empty. And then the twink throwing up and being like, where's your Christmas <laughs> spirit? <laughs> They look so drunk. I was like, I'd be so worried about having these guys too. as my They're fare. wasted. And the vomit looked convincing. Oh, yeah. yeah. So often in, in movies, vomit looks like they're just holding it in their mouth, like their cheeks are blown out. and they're just, Yeah. Ugh. But it looks like he, that came up from somewhere. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah, so, okay, do you know who, who Chester is? Uh, no. James Ransone? Well, uh, if you've seen The Wire, he's in that, but that's not oh, the, the fun. I have seen The Wire, yeah. The fun casting thing he's from. He's from a movie that we did, and it's a very uh, big one. And um, I'd be surprised if you recognized him, though, from it. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. He's in The American Astronaut. He <gasps> plays Bodysuit, the kid that they pick up from the, uh, the barn. No! Uh, yes! Get the fuck out of here! No, it's my house! <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome! Isn't that crazy? That is crazy! I know, I know. I was really happy when I saw that. When we finally see Chester, like, later in the movie, I was like, is he worth all this trouble? <laughs> but I remember thinking that he was cute in American Astronaut. Well, he's in a full gimp suit. <laughs> How can you know? I don't know. His proportions were right. Okay. Well, isn't he fancy? <laughs> it's nice to see a movie with a, with pimp and uh, prostitutes where he, they don't get beat by the pimp. Yeah. Yeah, the the whole dynamic, like, even though it was, like, just riddled with drama, I was like, I kind of like that it's treated no-nonsense that, that Cinderella's, like, a, a, a trans woman, but, like, Chester, like, bangs straight women to, like, test the product. <laughs> like, that's, you know, of course demeaning, but it's like, I don't know, there's something about the movie that's, like, even though it's demeaning, it's still humanizing. Yeah. Like, so many times through this movie, I was like, even though these people are awful and obnoxious, I was like, they deserve better than this. Like, they shouldn't have to go through all of this just to get a cheeseburger and fries. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there's, there's something really humanistic about the way that Sean Baker writes or directs or both that even though I would never want to like sit down or, or be associated with these people in the slightest, I still have sympathy for them and still think that there should be like a social safety net to like lift them out oh, of this yeah. situation. Well, what's her name? Not Cinderella. What's the other one's name? I Alexandra. Remember. Alexandra uh, has her performance that night mm -hmm. that she's trying to get everybody to come to on Christmas Eve, which is hard girl. I understand. Yeah. People with her uh, families. But, um, you know, She's trying to do something else, you know? She's like, I'm not just this, you know, hooker with a penis, for lack of a better way of saying it. Uh, she's like, I'm also, you know, 
a chanteuse. <laughs> and um, I like that moment too because it's like, it's not too heavy and it's not too aware of itself. Like, you know, the movie has to take a minute to like, we're going to do this song. It's a slowdown. It's definitely one of those like, oh, okay, this is supposed to like be pulling my heartstrings. But then you've got like Cinderella and that other that other girl that she's dragged to the show and they're like the, the Dinah. Waitress. Yeah. And the, the waitress comes and she's like, do you want a drink? And she's like, oh, no, she she doesn't want a drink. She doesn't have any money. <laughs> and it's like that's undercutting this, like, emotional moment. Yeah, like, the dynamics here are, like, confusing but also realistic because it's like Cinderella, get, uh, Dinah's another prostitute, grabs her out of that, that sleazy motel setting, yeah, whatever it was. Like- orgy room or something and just dragging her across town by her hair uh and they're gonna yeah confront chester but it's like then they smoke meth together and they're just sort of then chilling out at the bar together because yeah after there's a moment like when they're on the bus and um they're fighting and suddenly they kind of realize like you know we're in the same boat Mm -hmm. like we both we both fucked the same guy. Fine, we're buddies now. We're buddies. We, we fucked the same cock. I'm not better than you. I'm just dragging you across town by your hair to prove a point. <laughs> yeah. Like, and, you know, they kind of, like, they, they come to an understanding of, like, we're both being played by him. Sure. Like, this this sucks. And, like, the, when they're in the bathroom before Alexandra goes on and you know alexandra's complaining about how she's like doing her makeup she's like i cannot make it look good and then this like cis woman comes up and is like here try this sure and it's like okay we're all in the same boat Mm -hmm. we're all like bottom of the pile we need to look out for each other yeah i mean a little bit i was thinking during this movie though because it's like you know it all comes back to 30 rock for me but in the later seasons of 30 rock tracy jordan's uh, starts his own Tyler Perry inspired movie studio. Oh, okay. And someone asked him, like, are there any white people in your movie? And he goes, well, of course, we need villains. And that's kind of how I feel about this. Like, the only white people are like Dinah and Chester. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, oh, these are like the, the uh, objects of our animosity through most of the movie. Well, and that guy who uh, asked uh, Alexandra for a hand job and then took her money. Right. Yeah. What's going on? This lady just attacked me. He owes me fucking money. Is this true? No, I don't even know her. She's got out of my car. She just attacked me. So a random woman just grabs you and starts attacking yes. you. I'm like, God, being a prostitute, like, on that level, like, actually just, like, walking the street kind of sucks. Yeah. Like, and the also, like, grief that you have to deal with. There's, like, a certain part of me, too, that's like, what? God, you must be really, like, hard up if you have to, like, put up with the fact of somebody that's, like, trying to jerk you off being like, hurry up. Like, I know that, like, that would not help me in that yeah. situation. So, like... Ugh. But even like the cab driver, he picks up that one prostitute mm-hmm. and then finds out that she's just a cis woman. What's wrong? Is it tucked? Is it tucked? What the fuck? What the fuck is this? It's a pussy. Get the fuck out of my car. Well, because he's like manhandling her boobs. He's like, are these real? Yeah. I'm like, wow. <laughs> just no tact. No. Uh, he's definitely into so that yeah that cab driver we were following around earlier he's definitely into sucking off M to F 
pre-surgery ladies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he, he likes M to F, pre-op, women of color. Yeah. Like, that. that's his jam. Which made me wonder, I was like, what's uh, Alexandra like in that situation? Because it's like... I don't know. It's you, probably got to be an easy hundred bucks or whatever it was. Yeah, but like, what are you thinking in that moment where it's like, I this isn't the body that I, I'm I want, or well, maybe it is. I don't know. We don't know. With with Alexandra, I kind of think she likes her body the way it is. Cinderella, though, she like at one point says, "The world can be a cruel place." Yes, it is cruel. God gave me a penis. That's pretty damn cruel, don't you think? I never get that from Alexandra. I, yeah. I feel like she likes the way that she is, but like they drive into that car wash and she even says like, this is kind of becoming my favorite place. Yeah. Uh, and when they started, when the car wash started, I was like, please let this be a oneer. I was like, let this just play out. And there's a little cut at the end that like flashes back. But then like for the most part, it is a one in the car wash. Yeah. yeah. I was like, yeah, this is how it should have played out. It would have been great to see that in a the theater, too, because then it probably feels like you're in the car wash, like Constantly, when it surrounds Constantly, I thought this would be a great theater movie. Yeah. Like, just repeatedly, I was like, the way, there's like a, a scene where, like, I think it's Cinderella, like, walks past, like, a wall full of Christmas lights. Yeah. And I'm like, God, this would have looked so good on the big screen. I was thinking, so this is kind of an heir to. Gregoraki films mm-hmm. in that it's you know it's dealing with sort of like uh queer people on the outskirts and um it takes place in LA more like an heir to doom generation than say like nowhere where it's just like this is the nasty ass LA yeah know? and like put it at christmas time and you you see like the dirt in the gutters and like all that stuff but it's still colorful and it has a crazy good score like mm-hmm. i loved all the music drops they added to the humor in my mind a lot of times. Well, I mean, the music did a good job of like really suiting the mood. Mm-hmm. Like there was like a lot of hip hop drops, but it was also like I think it was when Cinderella was like trying to like compose herself. It was like classical music was playing. Yeah. And then like once her like anger was like overflowing, it like switched to hip hop. Fuck it. That's just good. Like she didn't need to do anything except like sit there and like look like something was stewing in her yeah yeah Yeah. and again that's like filmmaking 101 but like to do it right that takes some finesse yeah the music drops in this were good and even for being digital and following sean baker on letterboxd he really doesn't like digital Hmm. he's only left one star review for a movie once and it was for his own movie the florida project and he gave it one star and his review was, the last scene was shot on digital. Yuck. <laughs> and, like, you know, I read his reviews like Dr. Sleep. He's like, you know, this was a lot of fun. I really like this movie. The only thing I have to say. And he, he says he says something like, and I know I'm just adding to the chorus here, but this was shot on digital. And I'm like, what chorus? <laughs> uh, what isn't shot on digital anymore? Yeah, he just he just doesn't like it. He, uh, I'm guessing Florida Project for the most part was not shot on digital except yeah. for the last scene. It is gorgeous. If it is shot well on digital, he'll note that. He's like, "This is shot on digital, but it's very good looking." Mm-hmm. But yeah, he's super sensitive to that. So like the idea that this was shot on like iPhones five, yeah, because it's just like against the grain of what he likes 
in a movie. Yeah. His taste, by the way, is all over the place. Like movie-wise? Yeah. Mm. Like, his favorite Spielberg movie and one of his, like, top five movies of all time is Sugarland Express. Oh, really? uh, he's constantly reviewing 80 slashers. Okay. Uh, and a lot of uh, Giallo movies. Yeah, his taste is, is all over the board. Interesting. Yeah. It's weird, just like following him, I never would have guessed this is the type of movie that he would have made. Yeah. Just to go back to like when it, when it was talking about like when it came out, like the things that would have made me want to see this more urgently are like saying that like this is a fun story. Um, this is a very simple story. I don't know. I feel like it wasn't sold to me well. Well, I think I mentioned this at the end of the last episode a couple of weeks ago was that uh, I thought this movie was just going to be woke exploitation. Like it's right. a diverse cast dealing with, with topical subject matter that was just going to play to people who, who value diversity over like quality of film. Yeah, I got that impression too. And watching it it is not that at all it's a lot of fun and it's a good plot and it's a good story and i think because it, it that's doesn't what's what people it are doesn't selling draw on. attention to itself it's not like oh look at how diverse our cast is right it's mostly just like this is their life take <laughs> like, it or leave it look this at the, the story. craziness of just one day in their life yeah and and it, it that is really what won me over was that it seemed that that Baker was more interested in just them as human beings more than than trying to like check boxes off a list yeah. of like what do millennials like to see in movies yeah but that's how it sold they were like oh finally we've got this uh you know trans uh story and you know starring actual trans people and like it was selling it that way where it's like, well, that's not enough to bring me to a movie. Well, I think I kind of, you know, to go back to our, our bonus episode on the, uh, uh, current boys in the band uh-huh. where we talked about like having gay producers, directors and actors, like how far does that take you? Like, how is this really better than the original boys in the band, which had like half and half, but Spoiler a, a straight alert, director. It's not, <laughs> And for me, I'm like, I'd rather have a director who's more in tune with just genuine human drama, which I think Sean Baker is, and then infuse it. Because I don't think you could have had a different cast necessarily. It's not like you could get Glenn Close and Meryl Streep to play <laughs> Alexandra and Cinderella. Oh, why would you? <laughs> you but you know what I mean? It's like... yeah. Like, them as human beings is informing the performances so much that I think it's important for that element, like that they actually be trans people of color, especially because at least the way that it feels, the the retro scripting, the, the improv quality of it, like they need to talk as if it's the way that they're actually talking. Yeah. Like they can't be scripted. It can't be someone being fed lines and trying to make it work. Like it needs to be the way that they really talk to each other. Yeah. But Sean Baker is just a cis hetero white dude. But he's just sensitive to actual human drama, and I think he's just like, this is a movie. Like, I can make a story out of this. And so I think it strikes that right balance of being inclusive and recognizing where the actual qualities come from instead of uh, uh, being sort of identity politics about it. Right. It's interesting because, you know, we talk about how it's like when you only have – 
X amount of movies representing a certain group, like people tend to get upset or because it's like, well, that's not me. And like, you know, my trans experience is different, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, we talked about this on cruising and the boys in the band with gay people, but it's like, I didn't hear a lot of that coming from this movie where it's like, not all trans people are sex workers. Not all trans people smoke meth. And like, it seemed like it was very much embraced. And I think a big part of that is because like, it's not showing them in a negative light. It really loves these characters. Mm -hmm. And like, no one gets like beat or killed, uh, which is something I thought for sure was going to happen. Like there is a moment at the end where Cinderella gets a cup full of pee thrown in her face, which sucks, which is bad. Yeah. But it's like, that's real. Like, that happens. And it's also supposed to be like, this sucks for them. Like, she didn't do anything to deserve this. Yeah. Like, she got piss thrown at her for just existing. Yeah. And it, there's there's no, like, it's not like coming as a punishment. Like, it's, it's done it's like in a way that, like, you're supposed to feel bad. Mm-hmm. It's showing the punishment as a uh, society punishing her for just being her rather than like showing it, it as it's like, not the oh. typical gay or queer thing where like she's punished by like dying or going to yeah. jail or, or like all all uh gay men in the leather scene are murderers sure it's like it's not showing it that way like so i can i can kind of see how like okay even though there's a little bit of abuse that happens it is it, it's presented more as like oh yeah society hates us yeah and, and it's it's not over dramatic the way that like a leaving Las Vegas is yeah you know this is like I don't want to say like everyday violence but uh yeah. this seems more realistic I guess yeah and the fallout from this incident like leads to like a very human moment too and I think it also like expresses the dynamic between the two characters because like they go into that laundry mat they clean her up you know, she has to like take her wig off and like you see how uncomfortable Cinderella is right. taking off all of her clothes and sort of defeminizing. Right. And then it also shows how maybe not comfortable, but like accepting Alexandra is in doing that. She's like, here, you can wear my wig. Like, you know, you you can play the part. I'll be fine yeah. like this for a while. Girl. Here. This hair actually looks good on you. Now, as for me... I mean, now that I'm thinking about it, you get the impression that Alexandra just, like, isn't comfortable yet in any part of how they look. Because, like, they can't get their makeup right. They complained about that wig earlier where they're like, I don't know about this wig on me. And, like, so you just sort of get the impression that she's just like, here, you have it. Because I didn't like it that much anyway. Sure, sure. But... I think it's important that she gives her the wig because it's a gift. Yeah. And uh, what's something you do around the holiday season there, Matt? Oh, yeah, yeah, Oh, yeah. you give a gift? <laughs> oh, and, uh, you know, you usually would give it to, say, someone who you might consider a family member. <laughs> yeah. Perhaps. Uh-huh. On, I don't know, Christmas Eve, maybe? <laughs> maybe, maybe, yeah. Yeah, that's the spirit of things. I almost feel like we should refresh our drinks before we get into the topic of of whether or not this is a true blue Christmas movie. All right, I'll put the hold music on. Okay. So, yeah, Matt. Christmas movie. I think this is a Christmas movie. So, What are your criteria for a Christmas movie? Well, 
to me, I think it's got to at least evoke the feelings of Christmas. And they talk about this in the movie where they're like, yeah, it doesn't really feel like Christmas, does it? And I don't know. It, it's L.A. Like it's perpetually daylight out there. Nothing about it screams Christmas. So it's like, was it really important that this movie be set on Christmas Day? A little bit. Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve. Like, certainly the song choices at the club would have to be different if it wasn't Christmas Eve. Mm -hmm. The gift giving, of course, is, is a good point. But they even talk about how it doesn't feel like Christmas when you live in L.A., and I kind of agree. Like, I'm one of those people that's, like, on the fence about Die Hard, too. Okay. I'm like, yeah, I guess, like, it's a Christmas party that they're at. But, uh, you know, does it really feel like Christmas at Nakatomi Tower? Like, mm, I don't know. Well, let me see if I can do this for you. I think kind of the point of it being on Christmas Eve, in my mind anyway, is that Christmas or the giving season or the holidays, whatever you want to call it, looks different for a lot of people. Yeah, in Australia, they have uh, uh, beach barbecues on Christmas. Exactly, exactly. Where's and that so, movie? <laughs> while it doesn't f- maybe feel like Christmas to you, people who live in Los Angeles are always being Crosby-ing it up and dreaming of a white <laughs> Christmas. Yeah. So it's like, you know, they got Christmas lights in palm trees and stuff. And this is what it looks like. And I think that's important that these characters are characters that we don't normally see trans sex workers people of color and it's like guess what they exist on christmas eve too they don't just disappear because it's christmas eve we tend to kind of have that thought and i think that's why the big final showdown at donut time is so fun because it's like got christmas the, eve that the I, poor they're the, like i could be with my family i have I have so much sympathy for the donut time employee that night. But um, that's what makes it like that whole fight scene is so funny to me because it's like they're they're discovering that he's sleeping or he's having sex with um, trans prostitutes, which really is like a straight guy thing. Oh, totally. Yeah. Gay men typically don't go for trans women. They'll go for trans men. Like, I don't know if you know this, but we follow some porn stars on our Twitter feed. We do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and they often, like, will post stuff about their uh, uh, F to M porn. But I never see the reverse. Yeah. So, the, like, it's it's almost exclusively a straight guy thing. Actually, I can show you some videos. But, um <laughs> The uh, but you know, so it's like they're finding this out on Christmas Eve, and it's like, and he comes from the cab driver comes from like a Armenian, conser- yeah, conservative Armenian family, yeah, and so like and he, he's got like a wife and kids, and I, I don't know if it's ever clearly stated, but it kind of seems like the wife knows. Yeah, I think she's at least she has an inkling because she says something like sometimes a wife has to turn a blind eye to things like this like yeah it doesn't come as a surprise to her i guess is, is right like when the news is revealed but it does come as a surprise to the mother-in-law and i just I, I like that because it's like you know also at christmas time you sort of like you think about your family and um sometimes it's sort of fun uh maybe not at christmas time but just to like you see how weird other people's families are. Mm. And it, like I'm, we just did a Christmas story f- for uh, Christmas in December. If you want to listen to that, uh, join our Patreon. <laughs> but um, 
you know, that like part of the joy in watching that is being like, look at this fucked up family. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And it's like, that's sort of what goes on in that big fight at the end. Like, it's all like there's that the Armenian family. But then there's also the ch- they're like, we may have this fucked up uh, street relationship between us, even though we're not blood related. We all we're fighting over who's cheating on who. But and like we're all, you know, his prostitutes and blah, 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 blah. But it's like at least we're not that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that. That sounds like Christmas to me. <laughs> yeah. That feels kind of Christmassy to me. Like, did you, did you ever, like, go over to, like, a friend's house at Christmas and, like, look at their tree and be like, you guys have fucked up decorations. <laughs> like, I used to I used to think that. Or, like, their wrapping like, paper was different. real than judgy your... on Christmas <laughs> for you. I was always just like, oh. Look I... how small your presents are. God, can't you guys afford better presents? <laughs> Or, like, you know, or, like, if you've ever spent Christmas at, like, a friend's house because you couldn't go home to somebody else, and it's just, like, you guys have way different traditions than we do, and it's, I don't know, like, there's, I mean, so the there's only time that. I ever weirded out was, like, when I found out, like, one of my friends was, like, secretly religious, uh-huh. and it's, like, oh, what are you doing? It's, like, oh, well, we have, like, you know, midnight mass to go to, and I'm, like, what? You're doing what? Yeah. See, stuff like that. Like, like to me, that rings true in this movie because it's like their families comparing each other. So yeah, and then gift giving. I mean, it's like you have your chosen family, and while you why you might fight about things, you still love each other. And isn't that what makes a Christmas movie? Is about the joy and love of the family. You make a convincing uh, uh, argument here. Thank you. <laughs> I rest my case, Your Honor. Yeah, no, like, I I was kind of ready to fight a little bit more, but earlier when you pointed out that, like, she gave the wig as, like, a gift, yeah, I was like, uh, that kind of ties it all together really nicely. And there's also just things like the Christmas lights that I mentioned that was such a, like, a beautiful yeah. shot when, when they're walking past those Christmas lights. And Well, it may not feel like a Christmas movie, and I understand that criticism. I think the first half does not feel like a Christmas movie when it's, like, daytime, and it's, like, I've never been to L.A., have you? Yes. So to me, like L.A. only exists like in movies, and really, it kind of the type of L.A. that exists seems to vary from filmmaker to filmmaker. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Like the difference between like the L.A. in like Assault on Precinct Thirteen and the L.A. in you know one of David Lynch's L.A. based movies mm. uh, versus like um the LA here or in the LA in pulp fiction like they all just feel like very different cities yeah or the LA in like nightcrawler or something yeah. like that like they feel so radically different and it just it kind of just depends on how you shoot the city and like this one it just feels like this is the wild west like <laughs> you know yeah instead of a saloon it's donut time <laughs> yeah um but it just it they the the way that like Cinderella like to get from point A to point B like has to walk and you know we all know L A is a great walking city <laughs> uh, it just it really gives this impression that it's this sprawling oh. city and that like they're in like some way out area that they still have to walk miles on like in those heels. Mm. Just to, like, get a piece of information, just to get from point A to point B, it just, it feels so sprawling. Yeah, take the bus, take the subway, it's like, a lot of traveling. Yeah, it's like, boy, this is why you need a car if you live in L.A. Yeah. Yeah, this is a very gritty L.A., and, like, it shows, like, how 
kind of ugly it can be too like it's not pretty well yeah because like around. one I, was it a sign in donut time or one of the other places that said like no drug deals yeah like, you need to announce that <laughs> it was at the mexican restaurant where they were uh, when she was trying to find chester oh right 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 right, yeah. right right yeah it's odd that that has to be announced yeah it should go without saying <laughs> yeah. really uh but there you have it Makes me want to go visit L.A., though. I want to see all these these multitudes that it carries. Let's do it. X-rated on the road. Oh, yeah. We can can do a live show at Donut Shops? Yeah. We'll we'll tour Donut Times. (laughs) All right. I have a question for you. Did you understand why this movie is called Tangerine? I looked it up. Okay. Or it was... Yeah, because I was like, I didn't pick up anything except... The air freshener that <gasps> Alexandra buys the cab driver, whose name I can't remember. Another gift. Another gift, yeah. Does look like, you know, an orange of some sort. So I thought, like, maybe that's what it was signifying. But apparently they just chose it because that's what the sun looks like. But, like, that's the specific okay. type of orange the sun looks like when the sun sets in L.A. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, I thought it was going to be the air freshener that that mm. she bought for the cab driver. Merry Christmas. <laughs> you didn't have to do this. <laughs> yes, I did. Oh, that's now, really sweet. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, that's definitely a, that's definitely a gift. Yeah. And so oh, Alexandra's Santa Claus in this movie. <laughs> yeah, she's just giving it all away, isn't she? Yeah. Um toilet she sings the Toyland song. So she's talking about like giving away toys. And there's a toilet in this movie? Like Cinderella like pees while they're talking after they smoke right. all that meth. Yeah. <laughs> There's wigs. This movie just hits all of our <laughs> buttons. I don't know why I got really like sentimental when you're talking about the toilet. Uh, so I'm taking it you, you like the movie. Oh, Home Run. Oh, Excellent good. pick. Like, Yay. Okay, good. You know, after a stressful weekend of moving, like, I really only had time to watch this. And it was, like, after 9 p.m. And I was like, i got to do this for the podcast. I timed it right. I took an edible, like, an hour before. So it was, like, just kicking in as, like, the plot was kicking in. Oh, good. We've talked about this a couple times before. I think I first mentioned it on uh, There's Something About Kevin. Where I was like, this is not a movie for Sunday night. Like, this is just <laughs> yeah. exacerbating the Sunday sads. This was a great Sunday oh, night movie. Oh, yeah. And that's that's how it needs to be advertised. It's like, this is a feel-good movie. It really kind of is. Like, even though these are people, like, on, like, the very outskirts of society, like, barely hanging on, it's funny. Yeah. And it's sort of life-affirming. And at the end, you're just like, I hope these people the best in life. Yeah. They seem like as long as they stick together, they're going to be okay. Maybe. Maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> but I don't know. There's some Like, Sean Baker just seems to be, like, really humanistic in, like, the writing directing. Like, he really brings out that, like, these people are people. Yeah. And that they shouldn't just be swept under the rug. Yeah. But, yeah, when it was over, I was like, that was great. Like, I can go to bed with, like, a smile in my heart now. Yay! And isn't that another thing that, like, makes you, makes a Christmas movie? You just want to feel good. The heartwarming ending? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, probably. You just feel good afterwards. 
That's how it needs to be sold. This movie needs to be sold as a Christmas movie. Right there. <laughs> it should be. That's, yeah. where that's where I'm coming from now. Well, I'm glad you liked it. Uh-huh. And I, I enjoyed it. it. It, you know, second time around, still good. Well, uh, that makes me wonder what you've got in mind for next week, Matt. Oh, I'm going far more traditional than you, Ryan. Okay. Well, you know, Christmas is a traditional time. It, it is. But uh, no, I, I'm, I'm hitting something that there's going to be snow and... <gasps> presents <gasps> like wrapped with wrapping paper and bows Yay! and there's christmas trees and <gasps> lights oh beautiful yeah uh i'm doing gremlins oh uh, i know one of our patreons had asked us to do this like for a bonus up but you're getting a full ep of gremlins mm. i haven't seen gremlins in a long time oh really yeah like how long i can't even say Long time. More than five years? Yes. Probably more than ten. Ooh. I think uh, this will be a good revisit for you. This is one that I've wanted to do on the podcast for a long time. Uh-huh. I don't know why I haven't done it during previous Christmas seasons, but for whatever reason, it just hasn't lined up. But this is also a movie I think is just directly up our alley. Excellent. And uh, yeah, we can even uh, work in about the evils of capitalism in this movie. So. <gasps> well... It's about time. <laughs> now, <laughs> I'm glad someone's talking about it. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. All right, plug our junk. Get the fuck out of here. Let's do it. On the sordid topic of coin. Speaking of capitalism. <laughs> give us money. <laughs> if you're enjoying this content and you want to shuck us some shekels, best way to do that is on patreon.com slash movies. Uh, you get lots of bonus content on there. and I'm Especially this month. Yes. Oh, my God. If you, if you sign up now... Uh, you'll get immediate access to to all the bonus content. So you've got all month to listen to everything that we've, we've put up. And we've got a special bonus episode coming out in January. I'm going to put a due date on it uh, where we're doing Showgirls. You can only get that if you uh, are a Patreon subscriber. Otherwise, if throwing coin is not your jam, leave us love wherever you get this podcast. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Overcast, Chartable, wherever. That's the easiest free way to show your appreciation. Well, it's nice to get money it's really nice to hear that people are listening and that they like us like yeah. i like i love getting reviews they're really they're really nice and heartwarming otherwise you can always reach out to us on twitter at x-rated movies on facebook at rated x movies through our email x.rated.movies at gmail.com and uh we have a beautiful squarespace website that uh is constantly evolving at xratedmovies.com. and uh yeah I think uh, until next week with Gremlins. Exciting. Uh, Keep reaching for that rainbow. I was trying to do a Christmas thing. That snowbow? Keep reaching for that uh, present bow. (laughs) Great. (laughs) Goodbye.